Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. We're going to continue a series called No Fear, and, and, and I really feel like that that this is uh, one of the things that we're seeing in our nation majorly is that there's a great spirit of fear and anxiety like never before in 2020. And a lot of that is because we have seen and faced issues that none of us have seen and faced in our life before from coronavirus to killer bees to some crazy sandstorm to uh, a crazy amount of hurricanes and tropical storms and just everything in between. Uh, 2020 is definitely a year like uh, most of us have not seen this type of craziness and chaos. And, and so the enemy uses that because he wants to bring in fear uh, to try to attack his church. And so we're going to look at this over the next few weeks, uh, uh, how fear can hinder us in being who God has called us to be. And, and I think we're going to really start with, with some basic things. And I kind of had this thought uh, the other day, you know, uh, a lot of times in November, men have what's called no shave November. Come on, do we have any men who've ever done no shave November? Some of y'all did it last year and you still haven't shaved. You, you just continued it on to this year and, and just kind of carrying on. And, and so men in, in November, will make the commitment that they're not going to shave their beard uh, unless their wife overrules that commitment and makes them shave it, but, and, which happens sometimes. But, but it's kind of that thing of, you know, going to let it grow out and everything. And, and so as we do this, I want November to not just be no shave November for some of you men, but I really feel like God wants it to be no fear November. And I feel because there's, there's so much that's already weighing in the balance with election day and, and, and coronavirus. And look, I know there's all kinds of different prophecies that are out there that craziness and chaos is going to hit in November. And some of you have been watching all of those things. But even if the, and ca- the craziness and chaos hits in November, we still serve a God who is able to protect his people. Think about this. When the ten plagues hit Egypt... And, and like the animals are being wiped out and, you know, all of these things. God's people were safe. Their livestock was not affected. They didn't have frogs in their bed. Their firstborn children were protected. Why? Because they were under the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is still enough for us today. And God doesn't want us to have fear in our heart. And we looked at the verse a couple weeks ago in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. It's a very popular thing, and it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, or a spirit of fear, or a spirit of intimidation, but God has given us power. God has given us love, and God has given us discipline. And we talked about this, that this is a very important thing that we understand is that fear is a spirit. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's a spirit. Look back at him and say, it's not an emotion. 
It's not an emotion when you have fear. And the other thing that you have to realize is, is that all fear comes from the enemy, not God. Because when Paul is telling Timothy, listen, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He is also saying that that spirit of fear is coming from the enemy. That the spirit of fear is coming to attack the gift that's in your life. That spirit of fear is coming to silence you. That spirit of fear is coming to make you draw back and to go into hiding. To go into self-preservation mode. But you need to realize God didn't give you fear. God gave you power. The dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. God gave you love that can overcome and cast out fear and God gave you discipline in your life or self-control like we're like okay power alike love is good discipline I don't like that one so much but God has given us discipline to stay in his word to stay in his presence to stay on course for what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be. And this is something that we need to understand. And, and, I, and I just want to kind of put this out there as a disclaimer. This message is not an anti-Halloween legalistic type thing. This message is not a hooky spooky kind of ghost story, crazy charismatic extremism type thing. This thing is looking at what the Bible says about fear. Because I know a lot of times, the minute you start talking about spirits or demons or something like that, people are like, oh, it's going to be crazy in here. There's going to be like an exorcism. We're going to see people wiggling around like a worm in the floor. We're going to like... And so the enemy even makes believers turn their ears off to hearing about the spiritual battle. Why? Because if he can make him think that a spiritual battle is a crazy, you have to be crazy to fight a spiritual battle, then you're not going to fight the spiritual battle and you're going to be defeated by the spirit of fear in your life. And so before you write me off as being crazy or, you know, super spiritual or legalistic or anything, just listen to what I have to say. And watch what the word of God has to say about these things. One thing that you have to understand about spirits is that evil spirits will attach themselves to things. Okay? Movies. Certain types of music. Even certain individuals. You ever, you ever walk and, and were around somebody? Like, you can be a pretty, you know, bold person. But there's certain people that, that when they walk in a room, you almost cower to them a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of, you don't want to say anything. Normally, you'd be sharing your opinion free and, and talking and everything. But when that person says something, then you just kind of back off a little bit and you don't say so much. Because people can carry a spirit of intimidation. 
And you see it in scripture. Think about this. We talked about this a little bit. We touched on it with Elijah. That Elijah, before the prophets of Baal, he's sitting there mocking them. And he's like, hey, maybe you need to just scream a little bit louder. Maybe your God is asleep. Uh, maybe he went on vacation. Maybe, maybe he's just in the bathroom relieving himself. You know, I mean, he's just kind of having fun with it and everything. And then after they've went around and they, they've cut themselves and they screamed and, and and cried out for hours and hours and hours. Then Elijah goes and he puts water all over the, the thing, calls down fire from heaven, goes and kills all the prophets of Baal and Asherah and everything. And then he hears that Jezebel, who is the queen, says that she's going to have Elijah's head by the next day. And the next thing you know, Elijah is in a cave crying out to God. God, just kill me now. I'm the only person left. There's nobody else. What happened? The spirit of intimidation attacked him. And the gift that called down fire from heaven, the gift that said, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain, the gift that had boldness to appear before the king multiple times and speak the truth, now lay dormant because of a spirit of intimidation. And so when we realize that spirits can be attached to things, like movies or music or different things like that, then it is very important that we make sure that we don't open a door to the spirit of intimidation or the spirit of fear. In, in Ephesians, it says, neither give place to the devil. I believe it's Ephesians 4.27. So that neither give place to the devil means that I want to make sure that I keep my doors locked at night. Come on, how many of you keep your doors locked at night? You lock the doors of your car. If you live in a bad neighborhood and you don't lock the doors to your car or you leave the door standing wide open and your car gets stolen or somebody breaks into your house, how many of you know it wasn't a wise choice by you just to leave your stuff wide open when you know that there's somebody out there who's going to come and try to steal things. I mean, even the Bible says that, that, uh, that the enemy comes to, to steal, to kill, and destroy. It talks about how the, that the enemy will come and try to attack a house, but if the, if the, and he'll try to bind the strong man with something so that he can have access into the home. But many times we lower our guard and we open up doors, many times completely unaware. Movies that are meant to scare you, like different horror movies and things like that. That is an open door to the enemy for a spirit of fear to begin to move in your life. I remember there was one point in time... I think it was early on in our marriage, like, for me, like, I, I wasn't real, like, when I was a teenager and stuff, I watched some of those movies and everything, and, and like, I, I didn't really think that it bothered me and, and, and all that, and so early in our marriage, we watched a little bit of that, and I remember, what was it, The Ring or something like that, there was some movie that we watched, and I tell you what, like, it, it, 
messed with Melody a lot. And God basically showed me that I had opened a door for the enemy to come in and attack my wife in the area of fear by watching that movie. But I have seen, I'm not in social media world, but different things come to my attention that take place in social media world. And I have seen where parents will let three, four, five-year-old kids watch Halloween. I love it. For those of you who are not in the room, my five-year-old, four-year-old just looked at me and said, shh, dad, don't say Halloween. Why? Because we don't open that spirit of fear. We don't open that door. But even to the point of where they buy them the little dolls and little Chucky dolls and everything. And they, they take Halloween pictures. Sorry, baby. They take <laughs> October 31st pictures with, you know, all these figures like Freddy Krueger and Mike Myers and Chucky and everything. And it's like all this big fun thing. And the enemy wants to make sin and avenues that he can have into your life. He wants to make it look like it's fun and enjoyable. Because if he just came in and didn't paint it to make it look right, you would never let it in your home. And so we open up the door. And some of the decorations and things that we put out and our kids are exposed to and the severed heads, the heads in the knife, the zombie stuff. We went by one house last night that said something about like, uh, we need love, not hate, and had all this political stuff all over the fence. And then it had a bunch of zombies and a bunch of ghosts and skeletons and death and all this stuff. I was like, well, I guess this is political Halloween here. Just, we need love, but here's a bunch of dead things. And guys, I'm not talking about something that's super spiritual and everything, but you have to realize that if you open up a door to a spirit, See, we, if we think of fear as an emotion, we think of something, an emotion fleets and it, it goes right away. Like we can be sad and then something good happened and we're happy and there, or something bad happened and we're sad or we get afraid and then we, you, you know, like emotions are all over the place. They're very easy to change. But when you expose yourself and you open up the door to the spirit, an evil spirit, then it's not something that's just going to go away. It's something that now you have to defeat in the spirit. It's something that you have to battle in a spirit. And, you know, I had a, one of our kids, uh, right after we had moved up here to West Virginia, we lived in this house and had an upstairs. And, and one of my kids was battling a spirit of fear. And, and, and it was like every time that they had to go upstairs, they were afraid to go upstairs. The only problem is the only bathroom in the house was on the second floor. So every time nature called, they wanted mommy or daddy to go stand out, walk up the stairs, stand outside 
outside the bathroom and wait on them until they came back down so that we could walk with them and everything. And you know, the first couple times you do that because you're a parent and you just want to, okay, it's all right, look, and you just kind of talk them into it and stuff. But after a little while, you're watching something and, and, and they're like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Well, go. I can't go upstairs. I'm scared. And so we realized that this wasn't just like a minor emotion fear. This was something that we were going to have to attack in the spirit. Well, how do you attack it in the spirit? You attack it with the word of God. And so we taught them to fight a spiritual fight. Not just, well, it's an emotion. You're just going to have to get over it. You'll be all right. Just suck it up and go. Because that spirit doesn't just go by sucking it up and going. It will keep coming back and it will keep trying to torment and it will keep trying to attack. And so when you look at what the Bible says about how you fight a spirit, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul taught about how we fight spirits in verse 10. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So it's not just about what you can muster up to do. Okay? God doesn't want us just to defeat spiritual attacks in our own strength. God wants us to lean into his strength. Come on, how many of you know God's a whole lot stronger than you are? I don't care how much you work out. It says, put on the full armor of God and then you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You want to stand in a battle? You want to stand in an attack that the enemy has? Whether it's fear, lust, anger, gossip, uh, unforgiveness, whatever it is. You stand in the armor of God. For we do not struggle against flesh and blood or emotions and things like that. We struggle against rulers and against powers and against world forces of darkness and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I don't have time to go through all these things, but basically this is rank and file within demonic forces. You even see if you go to the book of Daniel, Daniel prays and he's fasting and, and the answer hasn't come. And finally, an angel breaks through to him and he says, Daniel, from the minute that you first prayed, the answer was on the way, but it got held up in the heavenlies because the prince of Persia was fighting and there's this war in the heavenlies that took place and everything. And finally, I sent another angel and he was able to break through to come to you to answer your prayer. There are spiritual battles that take place in the heavenlies that we are unaware of that take place. And it says, so therefore, since you're not just fighting against flesh and blood, it's not something that you can just get bigger, faster, stronger, more disciplined in yourself to be able to defeat this. But you need to take up the forearmor of God so that you can be able to resist in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So stand firm, having your, your loins gird with the truth uh, and, and having uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness. I want to stop real quick. What's the truth? The word of God, right? So it's not opinion. It's not political rhetoric. It's not somebody's commentary. God wants you to stand firm in the truth. It goes on and says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition, take up the shield uh, of faith. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Hearing. 
The Word of God. Y'all are so good. With which one would be able to extinguish all the firing arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He doesn't say anything about your physical conditioning. He doesn't say anything about your own strength and ideas. Every bit of what he says is about salvation, which comes from who? It comes from God. The gospel of peace, how do we know the gospel? The gospel is the good news of the word of God, how Jesus came. The, the stand firm uh, with your uh, loins, uh, with the, the belt of truth, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Shield of faith, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Do you see how important the word of God is that the majority the helmet of salvation how do we know about salvation how are we saved how because of God but yet the majority of Christians do not spend time in the word of God on a daily basis and so it's no wonder that the enemy is wreaking havoc in their homes with fear and anxiety and all of those things. Listen, when all this craziness with corona and all the different racial tensions and, and, and shutting down churches and political things and all this craziness went, you could tell the people who were in the word of God and the people who were just on social media and listening to their local news outlet. Because there was a difference. The people who were daily in the word of God had a peace about them. They saw the craziness, but there was some faith that was in their life. They, they, they weren't hopeless. They, they may have some emotional moments where they would wane in, in things, but then they would hear a message, they would read a verse, they would hear something, and it would speak to them, and it would change. And so initially when this shook, there were so many people who were driven by fear and by the spirit of fear and they were acting out of their emotions they were fighting battles in their own strength and everything and and we have to realize that all this stuff that we're fighting is a spiritual battle socialism marxism all these different isms that people are afraid of racism all these different isms they are all connected to a spiritual war and if we fight, no matter how intelligent we are, how gifted we are in the natural, if we fight a spiritual fight in the natural, we will always come up on the losing side. And that child that had the spirit of fear that we recognized in her life, we begin to teach her scriptures. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Why should I fear? You know, all these different things. that We taught her this scripture that, that uh, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I remember them standing at the bottom of the stairs and it's like, why don't you go with me? Why won't you just go with me? And I said, you've got everything you need to go up there. So go, you fight. You got to fight these thoughts and everything with the word of God. And I remember them taking up, running up the stairs. God is not giving me a spirit of fear, but the power of love is sound mind. Boom, you hear the door shut at the top of the stairs. But the, it taught them that anytime a spirit comes and fights, now I have something to fight against it. And that fear began to go away for a while. But can I tell you that there have been times when that spirit of fear has tried to come back. 
And scripture talks about this. That when a demon or a spirit is cast out of somebody, that it goes away. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, it says this, now when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through the waterless places, it's seeking a place to rest, and when it doesn't find it, then it says, I will return to the house from which I came. And when it finds the house swept and unoccupied and put in order, then it goes and it takes along seven other spirits more wicked than itself. It goes in and lives there. And the, the, the last state of that man is far worse than the first. And that is the way that it will be also with this evil generation. So let me kind of paint this picture. The enemy comes in and attacks. And a lot of times, what do we do? We, and when, when there's a battle or something that's going on in our, our hearts or our lives, we'll have somebody come pray over us or something. And look, there's, there's power in prayer. There's power in having you know, a man or woman of God pray over you and, and kind of pray that that spirit leaves you alone so that you can think clearly and, and all of this. But if we don't teach people to fill themselves... Think about this. Have you ever noticed that there are seasons when you do very well with an attack? Maybe it's jealousy or greed or envy or, or anger or lust or whatever. And it seems like you've got this thing conquered for a while and you're doing well because you're applying the word. While you're intentionally pulling out your sword and intentionally fighting a battle, man, that spirit goes away. Why? Because it doesn't want to be cut up with the word. But then as we begin to settle in, and we think that we have the battle won because just because the Spirit leaves you alone doesn't mean he's not going to try to come back. And that's exactly what Jesus is teaching them. That evil spirit will leave you, but he's going to go and he's eventually going to come back and check up on where his old residence was and see if there is room for him to try to come and attack again. And if he comes back... And we've already let our guard down because we, we won. We were victorious. Yeah. Haven't had a lustful thought in six months. Haven't battled fear in a year. But we're not continually filling ourselves with the word and the presence of God and communion and fellowship with believers. Then that spirit comes back and he sees everything's all nice and clean. But there's nothing in it and he's like you know what I'm going to go get seven of my friends and I'm going to come back and the attack will be even greater have you ever seen people who get saved and like they're they're not walking they're, they're free from drug addiction they're free from these things for a period of time and then they almost become a little settled in the fact that they have victory over it. And you know what that is? It's pride. And pride is sin, which is an open door for the enemy to come, check up on his house. He sees there's an open door there. I'm not gonna just attack him myself this time. I'm gonna get my friends, and we're gonna come back. And that same person who was clean from drugs, this is why I tell people, listen, it, like NA and AA and all those things, they're, they're great. 
to try to get you some discipline, to try to get you some realization and things, to, to get some support and community and things around you to help you walk free from drugs. But it never will bring complete and full deliverance in your life. And one of the reasons why is because one of the first things that they have you do, hi, my name is Brandon, and I'm an alcoholic. So as long as the mindset is that I'm an alcoholic, then I will excuse any behavior that is common for an alcoholic as just who I am, and I'll gradually make small compromises and allow a door for the enemy to come right back in. And the majority of the time when that happens, the attack is far worse than what it was before. We can never let our guard down. Now, we don't have to be afraid of the enemy because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we have to make sure that we fill that place with the word of God with the presence of God. We have to make sure that we don't leave open doors of unforgiveness, open doors of jealousy, open doors of pride for the spiritual attack to try to come back in. If your house got broken into once in a neighborhood and you didn't have the money or resources to move out of that neighborhood, I guarantee that you're going to make sure that you lock those doors every time you leave. You might not be able to afford a house, but you're going to find a way to get an alarm system. If you can't afford an alarm system, you're going to find a big dog I mean, you're going to do something. You're not just going to leave your doors unlocked. You're not just going to leave an open door in a neighborhood for a thief to come in and steal. Why is it that so many people in the church leave open doors and they make excuses for them and the enemy comes in time and time again hitting and stealing and destroying our lives? Guys, we have to realize we're in a spiritual battle. And some of you may be like, well, you know, Pastor Brandon, I don't, I don't even struggle with fear. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm like you. I can watch a horror movie. I can watch something. And I can just sit there and, like, it doesn't bother me. I can go straight to sleep. I, I ain't having, you know, no nightmares of Freddy Krueger showing up in my home or anything like that. I'm, I'm good. But one of the things we're going to look at in this series is fear doesn't always show up as being afraid of the dark and having to sleep with a nightlight. Fear will show up in many different ways. Fear showed up in March, April, and May in a lot of nasty posts, in a lot of angry people. Acting completely ungodly. And many of them in the name of God. And thinking that God's like, well, they're doing it in my name, so it's all right. No. Fear showed up in some of you being glued to Fox News and never moving. That's right. 
Yes, communism, Marxism, I see it. Oh my goodness, where? Oh, it's there. Oh, the, the social media, video after video after video. Masks don't work, masks don't work, masks don't work. It's controlling your mind, masks don't work. Blah, blah, blah. It's just, I mean, guys, let's be honest. Sometimes fear shows up in, well, I used to go to church, and I used to attend church, and I used to serve in church, but now I, I, I just can't do it. I don't want to put myself in a room with a bunch of people. Myrtle Beach is fine. <laughs> in a hot spot. Walmart is fine. My kids' basketball game is fine, but them church folks, I just can't be around them church folks. I don't know about all this stuff. Some of it's, well, Pastor Brandon and Melody keep talking about this home group stuff, and I just don't know about this home group stuff. I've been in home groups before, and, and I just don't want, I don't like talking to other people and letting people in. I've been hurt before by other things. And so you don't connect in with home group. Sometimes fear shows up in, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of guns and hoard thing, ammunition up and everything because there's a civil war coming. There's a guy who prophesied it, so, I mean, it's coming. Looking at everybody. Well, they don't agree with me on this, so unfriend them, not talking to them anymore. It's, it's not always being afraid of the dark. I can't give, I can't serve, I can't. But every way that fear shows up, its goal is to keep you from being who God has called you to be. Its, its goal is an attack on the calling of God, the gift of God, the purpose of God that's in your life. And that's why we have to realize that fear is a spirit. But you know what? There is a stronger, greater spirit that is inside of me. And I don't have to be afraid of that spirit. And so today, I want to give you some spiritual ammunition. I want to have the worship team. You guys can come on up. and I'm going to give you some spiritual ammunition. And if you don't have the printed out notes, you better write quick. And what I'm about to give you is just a few of the verses of what the Bible says about fear. Go, I challenge you to take what I'm going to give you and go a little bit farther. Because the, the more that you do this, the sharper your sword is, and the better off you'll be. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 4 says this. It says, say to those who have fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear because your Lord will come, and he will come with vengeance and divine retribution. He will come to save you. Psalms 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light, and he's my salvation. He's my Savior. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. 
The peace that I give, this is Jesus speaking, the peace that I want to give you, I do not give you like what the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Isaiah 43, but now says the Lord, your God, your creator, oh, insert your name there, oh, Adam, oh, Bree, oh, A.C., he who formed you, oh, Jimmy, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name in your mind. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Do you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They, when they stood up for their faith, they were thrown in the fiery furnace. The only thing that burned off of them were the things that held them bound. There wasn't even one hair singed. And they walk out. Our God is a fire-quenching God. Our God is safety. Psalms 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. 23rd Psalm, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Death is kind of that big fear. The only thing stronger than death on the fear list is public speaking. But for the most part, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You even prepare a table for me right in the middle of my enemies. But you anoint my oil in my head with oil and my cup overflows psalms 56 when i am afraid i will put my trust in you god whose word i will praise in god i trust and i am not afraid because what can mere mortals do for me the lord is with me and i will not be afraid what can mere mortals do with me? Psalms 118. You are from, uh, from God, little children, and you have overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified from them for the Lord your God goes with you everywhere you go. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. So do not fear because I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand for the Lord. Your God takes hold of you by the right hand and says, do not fear. I'm right here to help you. Because the spirit that you have received when you were saved, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you slaves anymore so that you have to live in fear. But instead, you've received the spirit of adoption to sonship so that you can cry out, Abba, Father. Because I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor any other created thing 
not Antifa, not communism, not coronavirus, not racism, not Marxism, nothing that has been created will be able to separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. And since I'm in the love of Jesus Christ, there is no fear in that love. Because his perfect love has driven out all fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who is fear is not made in perfect love. God just wants his children to know I love you. As a parent, we would do anything within our means to protect our kids, to provide for our kids, and to keep our kids safe. But see, there's a difference. I said we would do anything within our means. Our means are limited, but God's are not. He is the all-powerful, almighty, all-loving God who watches over you. There's not a tear that you've cried that he hasn't bottled up. There's not a hair that you've lost, and I've lost a lot of them lately. Let me write with you, Mickey, before long. There's not a hair that I've lost that he doesn't know about it. And if he cares that much about every little detail, don't you think he can take care of these elections? Don't you think he can take care of you no matter who's elected? Don't you think that he can eliminate coronavirus? Don't you think that he can provide for you? Don't you think he can protect you? God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God's got a call. And the enemy is attacking and he's fighting that plan, that purpose, and that calling with a spirit of fear. But the same thing that Paul told Timothy, that faith that's inside of you, I know it's there. It was in there. And that gift that's inside of you, you need to stir it up. And you need to realize God didn't give you this fear. God gave you power. He gave you love. And he gave you a sound mind. Now it's time to walk in it. Those gifts that God gave us, let's not let them lay on the ground. Let's pick up the power. Let's pick up that love and walk in love. Let's discipline ourselves to keep ourselves full of the Word of God and the presence of God and the Spirit of God so that when the enemy comes back to try to attack, he doesn't have any access at all because you've been holy and set apart for the Lord's use and the Lord's purpose. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. We love you and have a great day.